It's Nerd Thug Wrestling, brought to you by Cox ATA Martial Arts, AC Ferruja Mechanical, The Adventure Begins Comics and More, with your host, the Captain, the most electrified man in Conroe, the Captain Joey Savage, and the talent he makes babies cry and mama swoon, Corey D.L. Gee! So, so which wrestler are you ripping off with the Baby's Cry Mama Swift? No, thing? I made it up myself. I you listen to us on Condos FM 104.5, 106.1. Sister Stations. Worldwide at IRLoneStar.com. Now, I was sitting here one day, I was like, what can I say for you that would be like cool? And I was like, you know, because you got that look that would make a baby cry, but oh, you consider yourself a ladies' man. It's like, okay, well, you make the baby cry, hang, but hang the mama goes. Hang on a second. Ooh. The ooh ladies la. consider me a ladies' man. No, that's not true. I don't consider me a ladies' When's man. the last time you had a lady that you didn't buy off the internet? Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> you Don't forget it. you can check us out at nerdthugradio.com <laughs> and interact with us at facebook.com backslash nerdthugradio. I'm back on the wrestling show. Here we go. Yeah. I don't know what happened any- last week. I don't remember. If there's anything that uh, mar- uh, watching you and other people be married has taught me is people pay in many ways. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe true. Maybe true. <laughs> Maybe true. <laughs> Wrestling's back, boys and girls. What did you guys talk about last week? Uh, we talked about how WWE basically fell flat on its face out of the All Elite Wrestling pay-per-view. They, they sure did. They, that, they did. And so like we basically compared how All Elite delivered and WWE did not. Really just... I mean, just bombed. Yeah. It was bombed. a bad week for WWE. And so we kind of talked about, like, which way would you play it? So I guess I'll ask you the same question. Nico and I had this conversation. Okay, go for it. The question was, if you're WWE, what is the better strategy right now, early in the game? Ignore All Elite Wrestling and act like it's business as usual? Or to acknowledge that All Elite Wrestling exists and had a great weekend, and therefore you need to adjust, change, and step up? That is a great question, Alex. Um, this is this is what I'm here for. I think it's a fine line you have to walk <clears throat> because a AEW did deliver. They did. Um, but if you start trying to change up your whole formula, it shows a sense of panic, and people people can sense that. But on the other side, if you don't do anything, people sense that too. Like, oh, well, they're not doing anything. Like, right? They're not going to change, and this is what I like. I'm just going to keep following these guys. And so, I think it's a I think it's one of those things you have to be very subtle about it, and like you have to make some changes, but then you know not make it too obvious. They already made reference to AEW on Monday night, which Monday. which I think was a mistake. Which I don't think they should have done either. Uh, and all indications are that it was scripted, and right. Vince McMahon was still unhappy with how it played out. And um, and the other part to it as well is with WWE, you got to think, okay, they they had one great show. Are they going to be able to maintain? Is this something they really need to pay attention to? Which I think it is, even if they, you know, ECW back in the day, ECW mm-hmm. lasted a long time. Uh, it was very relevant for a, a, for the whole aspect of it, it wasn't relevant. It was right. relevant for a two to three year period. Yeah, and it was a very narrow of, window. Yeah. Once they got like TV deals and stuff and like all the, the big names or the, what you would call the famous people started leaving, like it started tailing off pretty quick. It started getting yeah, gimmicky. And I think that's because these smaller companies don't have a great developmental system. No. And I think that's different this time around. I think it is too because AEW's they they started with 
indie guys for the most part. Right. And who so know they, people and, and they know promotions. They know where exactly. to go find these guys. And they know that there's other these guys know that there's other people in the world and so they find other people. And I think the hard part too really is I as I start thinking about and this this week for sure with Raw and SmackDown, um, I think WWE they've got too much stuff going on at one time. Yes. Right? Yes. So with All Elite Wrestling, they this was the one pay per view, okay? Well, now they don't have another pay-per-view for like three months. So right, now so they've got time to so rest up, to heal, well, to plan. Build and all that kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah, exactly. Uh, then when the TV show comes out, I don't know if they're even going to do monthly pay-per-views or if they're going to do quarterly ones. So, again, they would have time to build up. To whereas That's an interesting... You think they might go quarterly? I think they should to start. Yeah, for sure. Considering this year there's only two on the books. Yeah. The one we just had and the other one. And there's the one... Um, uh, in August, and then they're doing they're doing another thing at like some biker rally or some video game. I don't know something weird, but it's not necessarily. It's a, not the whole, whole right company. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, I think quarterly is the way to go. I mean, back in the day with WWE, it was Royal Rumble, WrestleMania, SummerSlam, Survivor Series, and that was it. And that was it. And then they slowly transitioned to adding more. Starting out quarterly is great. It gives you a good time to build. For now, WWE they're doing it every month, so they're trying to build to that. So they're building to this pay per view in two weeks. They're also building for the show in Jeddah that just started. About an hour before the show went on on air. That's right. Right now on the WWE Network is a pay per view event in that Saudi Arabia. Most people probably aren't going to watch. I'm going to watch it. I'm watching. You're going right to watch now. the replay. I'm watching it right now. <laughs> um, but no, so they're they're building up to too much stuff. So when you saw this week on Raw and SmackDown, what are they doing? They're trying to shove in all the build up for yes. this show, plus throwing stuff for two weeks from now. Um, and with you know, it's just to me they've got so much going on. There's too much to throw at you to where AEW is simplifying it, and yeah. it's one streamlined thing. No, which, I, you know, I mean, which 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 cook cake do you want to eat first, right? Well, and that's the thing, right? Like, they so all taste pretty good. I mean, as bad as WWE is, like, people are still buying tickets. People are still watching on TV. People are still yeah, buying absolutely. subscribing in. It's still the biggest product. My issue is that the quality of the product has decreased. I think once they get their arms around and their heads around what's going on with AEW and they kind of get away from the Saudi Arabia thing and they you know get moving forward, I think the push from AEW will only make them better. It happened with – I mean, WWE, when they were the WWF, they were flat. Yeah. They got flat before uh, – Nitra. Yeah, before WCW hit the books. Yeah, when, Nitro when WCW came, yeah, it, it made them even better. Um, TNA was kind of the same way, even though it didn't really... It was not as much. It didn't push them as much, but yeah. it was an alternative product, and it kind of lulled again there, um, and then they started stepping up their game again. I mean, look, they have stood the tan- the sands of time. Is that right? Sands of time? Test of time. Test of time. Yeah. Uh, they've been around forever. And no, they not have. once, I don't think they've ever been in jeopardy of tanking. But I don't think that that... First of all, the landscape has changed greatly. The landscape has changed because now they're they're publicly traded now, so there is there is the possibility not of like a coup but like of pressure from shareholders. Right. If shareholders feel like there's a genuine competitor that's taking market share, they're want something different being done, and they're they're not going to be happy with the same old shtick. The other thing though is, a lot of people need to realize, is by this time next year, by or by January next year, there's going to be the XFL. And Vince McMahon has put a lot of his own money into this. And allegedly he's going to spend a lot more time with there. the XFL. So but do you see him ever really stepping? Because for a couple different times now in the WWE, it's the story has been Vince McMahon's getting ready to step away and it's going to be Triple H's time. Doesn't. And it never happens. But I, but I Do think you genuinely see him really, really, really stepping away? I, I think so. 
I don't. Because in the past, there's not really been anything for him to put his attention on. The XFL existed before. Yeah, this is 20 years ago. Did, but, but that wasn't a time whenever Vincent Man was ever talking about walking away from the business. But he was going to run two companies at the same time? Yeah. I mean, that was back then when he thought he was super unstoppable. Plus, there was nobody to really that he trusted. Challenge his wrestling stuff. To do it for him, yeah, and it was just fair. him. Well, that's now, fair. here we are in 2020, when it's going to be going into, he's put a lot of his own personal money. Plus, in, he's a lot older. He's a lot older. He's put all his own money in there. Triple H has been doing his thing with NXT, killing it. I, uh, we're, we're As we're recording, we're watching the replay of the TakeOver which might be one of the best pay-per-views they've done all year, and it had five matches on it. BMAC uh, of Space Cadets actually put up a Facebook I'm post. I'm telling you, man, it, this, this pay-per-view was great. I've seen it once, now I'm watching it twice. Um, you know, I think Ego has played a part into it for Vince McMahon. Like, I, you know, this has done so well in NXT. Now, can they do something as good as this? Because there's going to be more time, and there's more people, and there's there's more stuff. You know, it's bigger. Can you, you run a small company, you do well. Well, can you do it the same with a big company? Right. Sometimes yes, sometimes no. Um, but can Vince McMahon put his ego aside and let Triple H and, say, Stephanie and Shane run the, the big show? And I don't think do, so. Because the fact is, is he afraid they do it better than him? What does that look like to him? Right. You know, with his dad, his dad was all for him. You know, taking over. Well, I don't know if he's he's the same way. No. Well, I think I don't. I don't think he's got a negative. Like I want to be clear. I don't think he thinks negatively that his children can't do it. No. I think the first time something negative review gets in his ear or a negative thought or he doesn't like what he sees on TV, he's going to come back in. Because it's his baby. Right. I think he's going to be like, oh, why did they do that with Roman Reigns? No, 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 no. What they need to do, and he's going to pick up the phone, and next thing you know, Vince McMahon's going to be right back in it. Like, Maybe. I could see him saying he's stepping away, and then three weeks later, Vince McMahon is, rumors are, Vince McMahon is backstage again. Yeah. Like, I think that that's, I think that's very, think, very likely. And I think it's part of the, it's one of the things, like, what's going to happen? Like, if he does step away in that first month when they start writing a new show, or they're doing it their way... Are the ratings up or are the ratings down? If the ratings are up, maybe he stays away. If they're flat or has gone down, like, I think he's if, jump I think if there's a moment like where they dip or if there's like even if they're good, even if the ratings are good, but he gets a feedback from a trusted friend who's like, I don't like I didn't like what I saw in that third I don't segment. Know, they're getting rid of all like the trusted like road agents. Well he's well, well but that's because they're all screwing up too. But also do you think that this is part and then we'll get back to the question of the of the opening of the segment. Do you think this is part of when people stay too long, success always becomes failure. What was the quote from Harvey Dent? Live long enough to become the villain? Yeah, no, that's true. The longer you're with something, A, you become complacent. Or com- or overconfident, Or overconfident. Too, right? Randy Orton, for instance. I yeah. mean, Randy Orton's a great guy. He's a great wrestler. But he is a He's waste. been there so long. Like, people, <laughs> I mean, what is he going to do next? Right, he is a waste of a talent. And by the way, we're going to get into it later, but I hate all of these promos. They've been, like, half-cutting. Like, I don't understand what they're uh. doing with this. But, okay, so we got a minute here. Which way do you go? You're WWE. Do you ignore all elite wrestling, or do you make change? You said subtle, but like, if it's Joey Savage running it, yeah. Oh, I like to put things in the jugular and stomp them and put them on the so ground. So you would make changes. So if I saw them, okay, this did great. Guess what? I'm gonna do what you just did ten times better, day in and day out for the next week. By the time your pay per view comes around, no one gives a crap. Right. That's what I would do. And that's what I, that's kind of how I, I feel would you stop have the to competition respond, into the right? ground. Right. Because you're in a control position here. But you won't be in a control position. Like if they pick, if they pick up fifteen to twenty percent of the market, you're not in a if control you're position. If the New York Yankees and the Boston Red Sox go out and they sign with the two biggest name free agents, 
you don't just sit around. You go find two people who are even better. And you, you trade, trade or, or you, you get, get on your team, I, you beat them into the ground. I agree. That's what has to happen. I think so, too. Let's jump out to a break. When we come back, we'll uh, talk a little bit about what's going on in Saudi Arabia. We'll run the match list down and give our predictions. Uh, stay tuned. You're also going to have a throwback segment of the week coming. Ooh. And then uh, we'll end it up with a little uh, show Corey's been watching on the channel Vice. You're listening to Nerd Thug Wrestling. <laughs> The Adventure Begins, Comics, Games, and More is open on 1488 at 525 Woodland Square Boulevard. With comics, games, and everything nerd-related, The Adventure Begins is the one-stop nerd shop. On Saturdays, they alternate between having Yu-Gi-Oh! and Pokemon. And coming up, they also have cosplay crafting and trivia nights and BYOB nights. They're currently offering a 10% discount for limited time, which will be valid for as long as you grab your books every month. This is Rudy Townjanovich, and welcome to Nerd Thug Radio. Welcome back to Nerd Thug Wrestling. We are sitting here, the Captain Joey Savage with the talent Corey DLG. Yeah. We're on the mention of wrestling. Let's talk about Taekwondo. Okay. No, you're supposed to. Oh, Kia. Taekwondo. Kia. Uh, let's talk about my friend, the Nerd Ninja, over at Cox ATA Martial Arts. As the leader of martial arts in North Houston with two convenient locations, one in Magnolia, one in Conroe, they got places for you to train. They will teach you how to do self-defense. They'll teach you the art of Taekwondo. They'll teach you Tai Chi. They got programs for kids three all the way up to adults who are able to walk or who are in a wheelchair. They don't discriminate. They got all kinds of things. All kinds of things. No matter what your body type is, they can cater to you. They can. I'm telling you, man. Um, I have a really good friend who over there. Her name is Miss Prey. She runs this I Can Kids program. It's for like disabled kids. A whole program for these kids she lines out. That's awesome. And, you know, I we, we go and Sadie helps out a little bit with them. Uh, and the few times I had to go, she's doing her thing and, like, watching those kids See, do Taekwondo. See, at least Taekwondo, Sadie's going to be a good person. You, she is. You've at least left a 10% improvement to the world. Yeah. Seeing those kids work their butts off and then looking at our fat selves, like, we need to be better oh, in dude, life. Oh, yeah, dude. We yeah. need to be better yeah. in life. Yeah. But if you mention Nerd Thug Radio, you'll get two free weeks of training over there. Also, this weekend is a district championships here in uh, Dallas, Texas. So good luck to all of the Cox ATA competitors because you guys are champions. Because here at Cox ATA, we build leaders, we teach life skills, and we leave a legacy. All right, so Saudi Arabia, yeah. I Okay, first of all. Sure, go ahead. I don't think they should be doing this event. Why? I understand it's a ton of money, and at the end of the day, they're a business. Okay. But we live in a new era where businesses have also recognized that there's a, va- a corporate value or a corporate gain in being socially aware. Okay. Most businesses nowadays, and I don't think they do it for good reasons. I think they do it for reasons of profit and, and good news. Uh, most businesses do have an element of awareness where they, you know, they're not just the Gillette made the ad about raising good men and people got mad about that. But Gillette didn't apologize or back off. They just said, listen, we want customers who are good people. Right. You don't want to have a terrorist be like, yeah, I love Gillette razors. And then you're all of a sudden, you're like, well, this isn't a good look for us. Yeah. And so I think WWE going to Saudi Arabia is, isn't, it's not an endorsement. WWE isn't standing up and going, we believe in torture and we believe in, in no. a misogynistic society and we believe that women don't deserve rights and blah, blah, blah. But it, it is saying we're okay with taking money from really bad people. Right. And I and think you know, that's the I think that's, that's the, the hard part too. But then on the other side, you've got a country 
full of fans that want to see stuff and like they, and it's not they, their fault it's not their fault that yeah. you know a small part of their government or whomever is doing whatever i don't know i mean it's probably there might be some people in the stands who are in somewhat involved with it. there's probably not a whole lot so like do you punish those people that's that's the fine line you have to walk i think right no and i don't disagree i i, I agree with i see that trouble with it right and these people do want to be entertained but at the same time you almost want them to do more uh, this sounds bad out loud this isn't really probably the right argument but you want to see them do more to quote unquote and i'm using finger quotes earn the entertainment well last year they took one female to do i know announcing this year they've taken two, so they've stepped it up a bit. But like the women sit one hundred percent improvement. There's a whole section only for women because women and men yeah. don't sit together. Yeah. The f- uh, are the females even wrestling this year or no? No, there's. I think just last year it was Renee Young went to do backstage announcing. Who who yeah. was it? Where, where where did they go? Where the women had to wear the full? Was that India? Maybe I think it was India. And then um, this year they said there was an interesting note that. Along with Renee Young, Natalia Neidhart was uh, making the trip over there as well. To to broadcast something? Oh, I, don't, I don't know. But <sighs> beyond the political <laughs> part of it, let's let's talk about the card here. Well, Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, if, if you're listening to this show and watching on the network right now, there's probably a 50-man battle royal going on. Stupid. Okay. Who's gonna so <laughs> stupid. It's stupid, but like, think about those 50 guys you are getting paid money just to fly to Saudi no, Arabia sure. and make, I don't know, probably so 10 last, grand. Last year, Chris Jericho said one of his best checks of the whole year was to fly out to Jenna to be... To Jenna. To do yeah, Jenna. Sorry, to do four minutes in the battle royal, and it was one of his best paychecks of the whole year. It's pretty good. I mean, it, don't get me wrong; it's a lot of money. I am I am confident that the number that Saudi Arabia is throwing around for these matches is a high number. Yeah, but it's the Prince. Well, yeah, no, He's I know. Like, I want to see this match. Yeah, I want to see this exactly match. because okay. these, as we run down this card, this is a guy who has just watched '90s wrestling and going, "I want to see this." Like almost all of these matches, yeah. I, I'm like, Who so the next match people? is. Well, I mean, this one's no. This one's not good. Lars Sullivan versus the Lucha House Party. Like, who cares? Lars Sullivan. Yeah, I. I okay, I wrote about this on uh, um sports map on my wrestling. Let's let piece. the white racist battle three Hispanic masked men. <laughs> First of all, really poor taste in booking. Secondly, let's take our three smallest wrestlers and one of our biggest brick houses. I hope they beat him. They will beat him. They will. But he also cut the worst. Promo and, the, and he needs a he needs a mouthpiece. Well, continuing my story of it's just been a really bad two weeks for WWE. They had him out there on Raw this week, and the promo he cut was essentially uh, I'm not they, racist. Well, they, well, they said why uh, why do you do what you do? And he said, does anyone ask the Nightingale why they sing their beautiful song? Who like are you Hannibal Lecter? Like why seems like it? Why are you like why is that your quote when they ask you why you powerbomb people into corners? Yes, like <laughs> he is a beautiful soul. Uh, Braun <laughs> Strowman versus Bobby Lashley. Uh, pass. Um, yeah, I mean I hard know. pass. But here's the thing: like both of those guys are huge, but they're both pretty athletic. They are, and they did a they, but they did here's an arm wrestling match. That's what I was about classic to say. WWE right there. Do you to, remember the Master Lock? Oh God, that's what it reminded me of. To in the vein of cutting worst promos ever, they did. They did an arm wrestling competition in a build-up for their match at Jenna. <laughs> so like, cool. what is like, what is this? That is so cool. Uh, Stupid. Ray, uh, Raymond. <laughs> Roman Reigns versus Shane McMahon. So unexcited about this match. So unexcited. Because Drew McIntyre is going to get involved. And the run. So, okay. 
Now, I like what they've got going on. It's like this this new Stone Cold versus the corporation. It's now yes. Roman Reigns versus Shane McMahon, and Shane McMahon's recruited you know, Elias and Drew McIntyre and the Revival, help making them relevant. I like they're it. They're bringing in the Usos because they're family with Roman Reigns. I like Reigns. it, except for the fact it's a little confusing about all the different people Shane is beefing with. He's just beefing with Roman Reigns and, uh, and The Miz. And The Miz, that's it. Except they keep... Scheduling the stuff back to back, yeah. And it the whole wild card thing is making really weird. But like, okay, so so on SmackDown, Shane McMahon and the Revival and Drew McIntyre beat up Roman Reigns. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Roman Reigns is laying there. They go. They all walk off out of the ring. The very next segment is the Miz doing an interview with uh, uh, Seth Rollins, and it's like the Miz didn't want to run out there and help Roman Reigns. Yeah. Who's already run out there and helped him twice? He yeah, didn't want to run out there that, and help Shane McMahon. That's bad booking. Yeah. But I do like what they got involving because it wasn't even it was the Usos and then last week they had like another member of the family. It's an indie wrestler like on the show too. Yeah, they had like a cousin come on and get his butt kicked, and yeah, Roman Reigns went out there and helped cool. him. Uh, now here's your '90s throwback, right? Or early 2000s throwback. Uh, Triple H versus Randy Orton. So here's my massive pet peeve about this. Yeah, it's all it's all about story, right? Wrestling yes. is about story. For me, it is. These two have been on the roster for at least the last two months. The first time they got in the ring together What's to even talk about this match was literally Tuesday. <laughs> they or just Monday. scheduled it Monday. Monday. Yeah. Hey, guess what, guys? We need another match. You two. No, no, no. no. They it. scheduled at least a week ago because m- last week, Monday and Tuesday, they showed promo, video promos for Oh, of, them each, of each other, right? Yeah, of like, this rivalry goes back 15 years. And it's like, maybe they could tell me that. <laughs> yeah, I remember <laughs> you telling me that. It's like a, It's got a big fight feel, though, Corey. Yeah. Oh, I heard a radio ad for, uh, for this event, and they said it's WrestleMania-esque. WrestleMania-esque? A WrestleMania-esque pay-per-view. Okay, maybe. <laughs> um... Here is, though, here is your big throwback. The Undertaker versus Goldberg. Who asked for this? Other than the Prince of Saudi That's Arabia, it. who asked for this? That's it. He asked for it. I, I think it's interesting. This is the first time they've ever had a match. Right. This is two pretty iconic wrestling figures. So I yep. think that part's interesting. The rest of it I couldn't care less about. This will be, a, a, what, a four-minute match? A four-minute match with 12-minute intros. What do you think? Over or under four minutes? Uh, under, I right. think. I mean, I'll take the I over. think four minutes is the max, but I bet the intros between both of them, 12 to 15 minutes. The match is, we'll take four minutes, under and over. You're taking the under. I'm taking the over. Winner gets to do the intro next week's show. Okay. Done. Um, the Demon Finn Balor versus uh, Andrade. This is another terrible booking. But this will probably be like, as far as wrestling goes. It'll be a goes, good match. It'll probably be the best wrestling match. But it's a terrible fight. booking because Finn Balor and him have already fought like four times. Yeah. And then on top of that, Finn Balor's been winning them. So why does Finn Balor need to be the demon to beat Andrade? He's already beat him by himself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, wrestling-wise, this will be the most exciting this match. This will. Storyline-wise, crap. Also, Finn Balor hadn't appeared for three weeks, and then he showed up on SmackDown to run in the ring and have Andrade hit him. Done. And that was it. Kofi Kingston in a WWE title match versus Dolph Ziggler. This is stupid also. This will also be a great wrestling match. It'll be a good I match. I love me some Dolph but Ziggler. But this is super poorly booked. I love me some Dolph Ziggler. Uh, but do you agree? Poorly booked. I think they had to do it on a. F- I think they messed up whenever they put Dolph and Kofi into like this. Not Dolph. When they put Kevin Owens and Kofi into this thing, knowing full well Kevin Owens probably wouldn't go to Saudi Arabia because he stands with Sami Zayn. Sami Zayn's from Syria. These two countries don't get along. He refuses to go. Well, and Kevin, Kevin Owens, Owens is making the stand. Kevin He's Owens not going. is French Canadian, and the, Fr- the French Canadian government's been feuding with Iraq right. and Saudi Arabia and here so recently. So now they've had to do something. They had to make something on the fly. They brought Dolph Ziggler in. Which I think they've done the best of what they could, but they messed themselves up right. by doing the previous stuff. Because the Dolph Kofi stuff has been good so far, it's but been, it's been great except for this guy shows up out of nowhere and gets a title shot. Yeah. And this is like the third guy they've done this with for the yeah. SmackDown title. 
Kevin Owens was the first one. Right, exactly. But two of my favorite wrestlers are Dolph Ziggler and Kevin Owens. So I could be more excited. Right, but it goes Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, Dolph Ziggler. Three guys. I love all of, three of them. But out of nowhere, they all three get titles. Love shots. all three of them, though. Uh, Seth Rollins versus Baron Corbin. Couldn't care less. Hate Baron Corbin. <laughs> I do too. Um, <laughs> also, it's going or is to, it going to be Brock Lesnar? It's going to end with Brock Lesnar after Baron Corbin and him fight. Brock Lesnar is going to cash in money in the bank. I believe Seth Rollins will retain his title. You think he'll still win? Yes. But I think Brock Lesnar, who's been circ- circling like a shark, Tuesday, did you see the beating he put on him? Was it Monday or Tuesday night? Yeah, Becky Lynch had to take him to the hospital. Right. Yeah, I know. I like that they threw that bit in there. Yeah, she's so hot, though. <laughs> I love me some Becky Lynch, man. She's no Alexa Bliss. She's better. Oh, Lord. I'll take her any day. She is a close second to my girl Charlotte Flair. <laughs> Charlotte, no one's going to take her spot from me, but Becky's right Charlotte there. Flair is like a foot and a half taller than you. Oh, I love her to death. <laughs> I love her. And take those long legs and just wrap them around. Let's jump out to a break. <laughs> when we come back, you're going to be hearing a vintage recording from me and Corey DLG when we ran into the Million Dollar Man, Ted DiBiase. Go nowhere. On the flip side, you're going to hear us as we talk a little bit about Vice. Listen to Nerd Wrestling. <laughs> It's summer, and if there's one thing that people know in Texas is air conditioning is very important. If they're having any issues or want to have their units serviced or try to save money getting their units serviced, one option to call is Ferruja Mechanical. Ferruja Mechanical has been serving Houston and the surrounding areas since 1959, and they specialize in heating and cooling repair, system replacements, planned maintenance, and indoor air quality. Make sure to ask about buying the planned maintenance, which comes with two tune-ups, 15% off repairs or replacements, and a guaranteed appointment within 24 hours. Interested parties should call 281-259-3367, 281-259-3367, Ferruja Mechanical, 281-259-3367. Hi, this is Kevin Smith, former Dallas Cowboy, Texas A&M Aggie as well, and I want to say what's up to Nerd Thug Radio. Welcome back to Nerd Thug Wrestling. You listen to us on Kano's FM 104.5, 106.1. Sister Station. Worldwide at IRLoneStar.com. Before we jump into our vintage interview with the million dollar man, Ted DiBiase, Corey DLG is going to tell you about our friends over at the Adventure Begins Comics and More. That's right. Go to Adventure Begins Comics, Games, and More on 1488 at Old Conroe Road. They got a lot of stuff going on tomorrow, Saturday, June 8th. They uh, have their Magic the Gathering Modern Horizons pre-release draft of or pre-release event. It's going to be from 6 to 10 p.m. Um, they have a few chairs still open. Um, they have 13 seats still available as of yesterday. And uh, what you do is you pay... Th- I don't want to lie to you about the money. You Yeah, you pay a $30 entry fee. And, and when the 16 seats are full, they're full. That's it. They also still have the buy a box promos. They only have a couple of those left. Sunday, they're doing their monthly cosplay craft hangout session. That's between 4 and 8 p.m. And then Monday, June 10th, from 6 to 7 p.m., they are starting their Warhammer 40K Escalation League. For $25, once when you join, so you get 10% off your purchases for, of product after that, and you get to build your little super armies based on that. Super armies. It's pretty cool. I, Warhammer always one of those kind of interesting games, but it's always been really big. Yeah. This is a way to get into it because you start with small points and then build your way up. So oh, it's that sounds interesting. Neat. Cool. Adventure begins. Comics and more. Find them on Facebook. We tag them in all of our shows. And right now, we're about to jump into the vintage vault. It's the Million Dollar Man, Ted DiBiase. Corey DLG here with ABC uh, Conventions here in Louisiana Comic Con in Shreveport. Here with the 
our biggest guest to date, the legendary, the great WWE Hall of Famer, Mr. Million Dollar Man himself, Ted DiBiase. How are you today, sir? Doing very good, man. How are you? I'm doing very good. And we really appreciate your time today. Um, so kind of going in chronological order, talk a little bit about the, the NWA days, if you don't mind. Kind of getting started and touring and all that stuff before it kind of got all centralized with the WWE. Uh, again, I grew up in wrestling. Uh, I wrestled and in, in, started actually right here in the Shreveport area, Mid-South Wrestling. Uh, again, I again I grew up in the wrestling industry, so it's been a part of my life, all of my life. Uh, regional days, I started here in WWE. I mean, I started here in, uh, in Mid-South for Bill Watts. Uh, I went from here to Amarillo, Texas, from Amarillo, Texas, you know, to back to Amarillo, Texas. Then I went to New York the first time. Uh, my last show in New York, the first time around, was with a guy named Hulk Hogan, who was brand new. He was the bad guy, I was the good guy. Oh, uh, I came back to Mid-South. I spent the better part of the first 12 years of my career in Mid-South wrestling with Cowboy Bill Watts. In my estimation, Bill Watts uh, was probably one of the best wrestling promoters that I ever worked for because he not only was a promoter, he was a wrestler, so he understands the psychology of what we do. Uh, and the storylines were, were, you know, were, were unbelievable. Um, so I learned a lot. I give, I, live, I give Bill Watts a lot of credit for my knowledge and my early education in the wrestling business, which basically set me up to uh, you know, become this character, the Million Dollar Man in the WWF. Uh, Vince McMahon selected me, you know, because of the character that he saw in me, which basically was, uh, you know, the bully, the bully heel who talks real big, and then when somebody gets in his face, he becomes a coward, and, you know, he does everything underhandedly, and you never get tired of seeing a bully get his butt kicked, and so that was that was basically the essence of the Million Dollar Man, and uh, I was the Million Dollar Man as a wrestler from 1987, uh, basically to about the end of 1993. Uh, uh, I came back with to the WWF in 19, uh, early 1994 as a manager commentator. This is after a, a neck injury. Um, and I managed and I commentated until 90, uh, till like 96. Uh, and then 97, 8, and 9, uh, I was contracted with WCW. Probably the worst mistake of my life. Uh, Going, going there. Uh, now, can I ask, like, why do you say that specifically? Or is there something uh, just a bad experience? Specifically, because uh, I had no issues with the WWF, but what had happened in my personal life, uh, being on the road constantly was not a good place for me. And so, when I was a commentator and a manager, initially it required me to be at the TVs and in, in the studio once a week. And Vince decided to put me back on the road with a couple guys, namely, uh, you know, Stone Cold Steve Austin, uh, Sid Vicious, uh, and personally didn't feel like Vince was interested in my, my personal problems. The road was a hard place for me, and that's, you know, the road got me in trouble. Uh, nearly cost me on my marriage, so if you're going to quit drinking, stay out of the bar. So being on the road with a bunch of guys was not a place where I needed to be. And so when the opportunity came up to go to WCW where I could go to the TVs every week and special events and not be required to be on the road, that's really why I left. I should have, had a, I should have spoken with Vince about it 
hindsight. Since then, we've had that conversation. Uh, but WCW was probably the poorest run organization I ever worked for. Uh, you know, all the stars that were in the WCW were guys that were created by Vince McMahon. Uh, and I think the only star that uh, uh, they could take credit for would be Bill Goldberg. Uh, everybody else was created and by And Sting, Vince. right? Uh, yeah, and Sting. But Sting was a star already. Oh, okay, my, okay. And, and as far as I was concerned, uh, he didn't need to be made a star. Um, but again, I, you know, again, so what did Vince do? Vince created new stars. Uh, and uh, so anyway, I, uh, you know, my, my, uh, my overall career in terms of wrestling as a vocation in life ended for me right at the, at the end of my days with WCW. Uh, I've been in a ministry for 16 years that I established a nonprofit organization called Heart of David Ministry. I speak at churches, I speak in rehab centers and jails, um, and I, I do a number of things through my ministry to help uh, disadvantaged kids, orphans, uh, people in need, and that's primarily what I've done for the last 16 years. Uh, I'm still on a what they call a legends contract with the WWE. Uh, which means I show up at WrestleMania and the Hall of Fame every year and occasionally when they want some, one of us to make a cameo appearance back on the show. And I'm more than happy to do that. I mean, I wouldn't be here. Uh, I wouldn't be having this conversation right now. I wouldn't be able to travel around the world and make appearances if it had not been for Vince McMahon and what the WWE did for, for me in, in my career. So I'm very grateful for that. And a lot of that is characterized perfectly probably in your story that everybody's got a price in your book as well absolutely. the million dollar man absolutely i mean everybody's got a price basically is my it's my my story of salvation my basically returning to the values that i was taught when i was a very young man uh and of course i got caught up in the the limelight and i mean you know i went from on the road in the regional territories to lear jets and limousines and action figures and uh travel in the world in first class and be treated first in first class and and so uh again the road's a hard place um you know fame is not what it seems to be it's what you make it um you know and if if you if you uh if you make yourself accountable uh which we all need to do then you can avoid some of the pitfalls uh but when you're on the road like i was and you wrestle in front of a crowd in a, in a sold out coliseum you know people wow that's that's pretty cool you know and, yeah it is cool you walk into a building and everybody knows who you are but when that show's over you go back to an empty hotel room in a city where your your, your family isn't uh and you're looking at a tv in four walls and that can become a very lonely place night after night after night and that's how guys start you know and then you get hurt when you get hurt in our business well that's an old saying in showbiz the show must go on especially if you're a star so uh, if you can't at all, at all, you, you, you want to be there. Uh, and so you, what, you take a pain pill. And sometimes those pain pills become addic addictive, it, all kinds of things. I never had an addiction like that, but I can see very easily how it happens and how it happens to a lot of guys. Um, you know, for me, it was, uh, it was infidelity, uh, you know, and, and that's what almost ruined my, my family life. By the grace of God, I had a wife that was willing to forgive me and give me a second chance, and I took that chance and ran with it. And again, went back to the values that 
I was taught when I was a very young man. My dad was a wrestler, but my dad never wanted me to be one. My son tried wrestling. I didn't want him to be a wrestler, not because I don't love wrestling. It's I was afraid of all those things that come along with it, not just in wrestling, but in any form of entertainment or any anything that you know, uh, anything that where you're famous, uh, you know. So it's a, it's a fear as a parent. Uh, but again, uh, I'm very grateful. Uh, if, if I had it all to do over, I'd probably do it again. But I would I would have made some other choices. Uh, well, I really appreciate your time. We're gonna get you out of here with some rapid fire questions. I know people are starting to gather here because everybody wants to meet the million dollar man. Uh, your favorite rivalry that you had during your career? It's hard to pick one. Uh, the first one I would say with the Junkyard Dog when I first turned heel was uh, was one of my favorites. Another one here in Mid-South uh, was with Hacksaw Jim Duggan. Uh, when I went to the, you know, the WWF, um, you know, I mean, the first year I was there, basically, uh, you know, me and Andre the Giant, went all over the country and wrestled Randy Savage and uh, Hulk Hogan and Hulk Hogan and a number of characters. Um, you know, I, I, uh, I had a I had a pretty good run with Jake the Snake while I was in the WWF. Uh, and again, he's one of one of my favorites in terms of, of a guy I loved working with because he's he's one of the best. You know, he made my job easy. Um, uh, what do you, you think of his documentary on Netflix? Did you do you enjoy? It? Did you catch it? Uh, I was in it. You know, I was I was interviewed in that documentary. Yes, I'm very proud of Jake. I mean, Jake, you know, I and mean, he's a guy who's been through hell. You know, you if, if you've seen the documentary, then you know. Uh, and to overcome what he's overcome is, you know, it's pretty amazing. I mean, uh, I've known Jake since the very beginning of his career, which started here as well. And uh, to see him pull out of it like he did is it, it was you know, it was great. Very proud of him. Thank you very much for your time today, Mr. DiBiase. We appreciate it as always. Uh, the DVD, everybody's got a price. The book, uh, the million, the story of the million dollar man, the coolest belt in all of wrestling. Uh, make sure to check out his website. We're going to have that posted on some YouTube clips for you and put it on the Facebook for you as well. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, Ted DiBiase, the million dollar man. Thank you. Cox ATA is the leader in ATA martial arts with two convenient locations: one in Conroe, one in Magnolia. They offer courses for young adults, children and senior citizens and everything in between for people who are interested in self-defense, taekwondo, or various other courses. Be sure to check out the Facebook page if you're interested in Cox ATA Taekwondo. Hey, Haywood Jeffries, former Houston Oilers wide receiver on Nerd Thug Radio. Welcome back to Nerd Thug Wrestling. Yay! I'm the Captain Joey Savage. He's the talent Corey DLG. And we're going to talk some more wrestling to wrap up this segment and this show. But before we do that, let's talk about our friends over at Ferruja Mechanical. That's right. It's summer. If there's one thing that's obvious in Texas is you're not going without air conditioning in this heat. So if your old outdated system isn't keeping up or you would like its service for the summer, the trusted name to call is Ferruja Mechanical. Ferruja Mechanical has been serving Houston and the surrounding areas since 1959, and they specialize in heating and cooling repair, system repla uh, replacements, plan maintenance, and indoor air quality. Make sure to ask about buying the plan maintenance, which comes with two tune-ups, 15% off repairs or replacements, and a guaranteed appointment within 24 hours, 
all for $179 for the first system and $129 for each additional one. So call 281-259-3367, 281-259-3367. That's Ferruja Mechanical. Call them at 281-259-3367 today. Today. So uh, you've been telling me about this new show you've been watching on Vice. Yeah, man, I kind of caught it on accident flipping through one night, and it was like The Wrestlers. And I thought it was the other one where it's like old stories from like, you know you know how there's the other show where it's like old stories from back in the day? Confessions or something like that? Yeah, and so it's like the old wrestlers get together and tell like terrible stories about dead wrestlers, basically. Yeah. So I was like, oh, I, I've been meaning to catch this. Instead, it's one of the, so Vice is like a journalism group that's, I think it's executive produced by Bill Maher okay. and HBO. And uh, now they now have their own channel as well. And as they're sitting there doing the, uh, you know, they do a lot of investigative journalism and like they okay. go to like war zones and stuff. Well, this guy is just going to like, he's just following wrestling. He's covering wrestling. So one of the, uh, so they showed a marathon of it about a week ago and then they debuted the new season. This might be the second or third season. Okay. And uh, so now between the marathon and this, I've caught like four episodes. All right. And the very first episode I caught, he was visiting with MVP, who it turns out lives here in Houston. Oh, wow. Neat. Didn't uh, know that. MVP of Impact Wrestling fame, and now it's like a- WWE b- fame. Uh, was They didn't mention that really He was on much. WWE. Do you remember he came out and he had the big inflatable like entrance? Like he was coming out of like a football tunnel? Oh, and yeah. smoke and stuff? Yeah, you're right. That's where he got his name that. MVP. That's why he goes by MVP and not Montel Vitidius Porter or whatever, because yeah. like, that's trademark, but MVP isn't. <laughs> All right. I mean, I'm, yeah, okay. You're welcome. Um, but yeah, so that one was an interesting one because that one is about him trying to set up a landing spot to retire. Okay. And so he's talking about like his body wearing down. He's talking about worried about CTE. He's talking about just the wear and tear of a career. And he's also talking about how the indie scene has grown so much that for a guy like him who has a name and a known value, he can make good money. Just touring, and yeah, he's like, yeah. yeah, I'm doing 35, 45 shows a year, and that's rough, but it's good money, and I'm making a living without having to do nightly. Yeah, he can yeah. go, so you say, oh, 30, 40, 35 to 40 is not bad. Okay, well, that's 35 or 40 weekends out of the year, and there's only 52. Right, exactly. But you're only having to do that on a Saturday as opposed to wrestling Monday night, Tuesday night, Thursday, Saturday, and whatever. Yeah, because WWE, the one thing that they're still known for is, I'm going to call it overbooking, where when they pay you, like, you know, Brock Lesnar gets a lot of money and he only has to do, like, 20 appearances, but everybody else gets paid a lot of money and they got to show up 100, 200 times yeah. to make that money. And that's a rough life. That's yeah. not an so easy... So can do 35, 40 shows, and I'm, I guarantee you the matches that he's having, because we've seen some of his matches at Reality Wrestling, um, they're not long. No, I mean, it you go out there and you do... Battle Royal and yeah. he's getting paid. Yeah. Disco Inferno use, came to Reality of Wrestling, and I'm but sure they can the use they can use the name when they book their show, like, MVP will be here this exactly. week. Exactly. Check out Disco Inferno. So what else have you seen on Vice? Um, And so the one uh, after that, well, no, it was, it was like, that one was a long one. And so it also focused on, like, some of the other indie people, like Sammy... Guerrero? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. And so... It, it t- oh, did he? Yep. Okay. And so it talks about how there's this group of people that are called Friends of Sammy and how, like, old school wrestling thinks the Friends of Sammy are ruining wrestling. Really? Yeah. And so MVP, though, actually rather progressively minded was like, listen, there was a time when these barriers were set up for people like me. So to me, stuff like this is silly. And honestly, 
he's changing wrestling for the better the way I see it. So if 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 there's a group called Friends of Sammy, put me in it. Put me in the Friends of Sammy. Um, not the Friends of Hayden. No, Friends of Sammy. That's right. And so there was a there was a really interesting event that he was doing where MVP, the finale of this episode, MVP actually wrestled Sammy at, at this event in Florida. And the main event of the event was Ricochet versus this guy, Swerve. Swerve. I swag. I swerve. And Swerve was actually featured in a different episode where they were following an indie promotion and booking and blah, blah, blah. And it was interesting because Swerve and Ricochet are basically the same concept. Hyper-athletic flips and jumps and matrixy looking stuff and... Yeah, it's Shane Strickland. And, and Oh, okay. That's Swerve. And so all this kind of posing and, and like event-driven wrestling sort of thing. But I, w- I just found it interesting because that episode was less than two years old. And Ricochet was out there at this non-WWE event two years ago. And he's in, he was just at Money in the Bank, yep. part of the headline match, two years later in the big stage. It was impressive to me the trajectory of Ricochet. Shane Strickland is also at the NXT Development Center, so you'll be seeing him on TV pretty soon as well. Yeah, I don't, but uh, of the two of them, Ricochet looked more like a wrestler. Like, I know that still matters. Yeah, and but, you know, with those two guys, like, Ricochet has been doing this for a long time. People don't realize that. Like, I, I, yeah. He's been doing it. He's a 15, 16-year vet already. I mean, he's, like, early 30s. That's crazy. He's been doing it since he was probably, like, 15, 16. That's insane. Uh, and Strickland hasn't been around that long. He's got a huge upside, too. Like, he'll be a, he'll be a big player in NXT when he gets up there. Uh, and then the other one I saw was uh, Stardom, wi- ah, which, is the, which is the women's Japanese. And so the same dude goes to Japan, and he covers this women's stardom event, and he talks to them. Tony Storm and... B. Priestley? Yeah, the purple-haired purple She's from New Zealand? Girl. Yes. They were the only two white chicks that were on yeah. the, the, the stardom two, roster. The only two ganjas? Uh, and everyone else... Ganja. Uh, you know they uh, they call Wolverine that in a lot Kite, of yeah, got, the ninjas always call. So there was Wolverine another that. one that was there. So they got this this group in Stardom called like the Queens something I think. Okay, and they all do like this symbol here. Like did you did B Priestley do this in the show at all? Uh, no, because they weren't really they didn't really focus on yeah. those two. So B Priestley, it was like her, and there was this big white chick, British chick. Her name's she, she's in NXT UK now. Uh, Piper Nevin, like they were the only two. Um, I think. White ganjas, I guess you could say. Okay. With Tony Storm, but they do a lot. They'll 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 rotate some of the some of the people in and out. Like I think uh, there's just chick Rebecca wrestles who just was over there. I think uh, was it Miranda that was in Real Out of Wrestling went there for a quick hot minute. Oh yeah, I think I believe so. Um, so they kind of it's it's kind of like New Japan where they you know it's mostly Japanese wrestlers and they just kind of rotate. Well, and they showed the, the behind the scenes stuff and these guys the the locker room and stardom is serious. Yeah. Like, they don't play. And they talk about there was an incident a few years back where the the vets felt like this one girl was getting too big for her britches. Ooh. And so in the match, she got hurt on purpose. They, they, they beat her in the ring. Oh, wow. Broke her orbital bone and fractured her face. That's not good. No. Uh, and so stardom had to go through and, like, tweak how the, ro- how the locker room works and basically tell these people, you can't do this anymore. Like, like this is the new age, right? Like, well, in several, the uh, they were talking to the manager guy, and he, he he was like, 
He was super dry. And he actually said, a lot of people get mad when I talk to them, but that's just because I see the numbers, so I know who's hot and who's not, and I don't have time for this. <laughs> and so, like, you're kind of like, all right, cool. Uh, thanks, buddy. Uh, and he was like, we lost several performers because, because of that event, because there were people who weren't happy with the idea of punishing someone in the ring like that. Right, right. Um, also, the girl that they talked, the girl who is, like, the current, like, Hulk Hogan of stardom. Yeah. Um, she was a uh, Nico was telling me, uh, producer Nico mm-hmm. was telling me that in Japanese culture there are these people who never leave their homes for like years. Uh, like it's it's not uncommon to hear about someone staying in their apartment in Japan for multiple years. This girl turns out is one of them. When she was in high school, she says there was an incident. I won't really go into details. It involved the police and they arrested the people responsible. But I lived in a small town and everyone knew what happened. So I ne- I didn't want to leave my house after that. So she literally stayed in her home for two years straight. You would thrive in Japan. I you know I could make it. Um, but then she saw a stardom event on TV and wrote them a letter. And then fast forward four or five years, now or whatever she's the it is. Hulk Hogan of stardom. Yeah, crazy. What's her name? You remember? I don't. I honestly no. don't. Uh, but they talked to her for a long time and like super insecure, not in the ring. Like during the interviews, she's like, because the guy's trying to be like, you're kind of like. A big deal. You're the yeah, and she's like, oh, I don't think so. Like, no, 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 and like, and then she goes, well, I guess I am on all the posters, but that's like, that's just because right now, like, just right now. Yeah, it's really cool though. This Vice show is like kind of getting into the indie scene and kind of it's all about the indie scene. It it's, seems like it's it's propelling the indie scene to mainstream. Which well, is, which it's is sort of showing for wrestling. Yeah, it is sort of showing like the new structure to all of this and kind of it's almost like if you wanted to be a wrestler and didn't know how, if you watched that first season, you probably would have a really good idea of how to be a wrestler. Because, like, MVP and goes and visits Booker T because Booker T was, like, his mentor. And so Booker T, obviously, his landing stop has been his school. Right. That's where he is wound up now. And so for MVP, talking about, you know, oh, you know, my career is coming to an end. We're, you know, getting himself set up and talking about that. For him, it's been, you know, Booker T was like, yeah, I did this so that I have something else to do. Right, right, right. Impart knowledge. So it's been really interesting. It kind of lays out a playbook for him. That's pretty cool. And uh, you know what time it comes on regularly on Vice? I don't. I really. I, so if you I've have only caught cable, it on the marathons and readers. If you readers. have cable, look up Vice. If you have, um, what's the other thing you have? Um, uh, what's the thing you can watch stuff on? Oh, I don't know if it's on any. I don't know if on demand. On demand. Yeah. If you have on demand, probably has the Vice channel. Check out Vice on demand. You can check out this the show. I'm sure you can look Vice online and see when it, when it airs and all that kind of stuff. We'll have Corey DLG put a link to it. Yeah, it's, it's a real interesting yeah, I show. Need to, I need to watch this show. Like you, you've been talking to me about it for a couple of weeks now, and I haven't had a chance to watch it. I'm gonna. I don't even know if I, I have Vice, but I'm gonna find out. You gotta. I'm gonna order it if I do. <laughs> That's gonna wrap up this edition of Nerd Thug Wrestling. We didn't even get to get a chance to talk a little bit about my boy John Moxley and how he's been doing ever since uh, he's left WWE. So we'll get into that next week. On spoiler, he's fine. He's fine. <laughs> yeah, he's doing just. Great. Uh, we'll get to that weekly on the wrestling show, and uh, we'll get to some other stuff. Be sure you check us out. The podcast will drop at 6.01 p.m. for the Captain Joey Savage and the talent Corey DLG. Same Nerd Thug time, same Nerd Thug channel. Check out the new T-shirt. It's up for sale. Good